0: The views expressed in this program are those of the participants. I'm Danielle Metz. I'm Robert Vaughan.
1: And this is The Daniel Metz Show. Well, I think I was going to categorize this as the absurd files. I wouldn't call them horrific, per se, because they're not really scary so far, that they're just laughable. Within a space of a week, three major news outlets put out articles that are so mind-bogglingly stupid that I just can't... I had to double-check and cross-check my references. One is from Global News, which is about a topic called period poverty. Another one's from National Post, which is the Canada's adventure gap. Why Why doesn't it make sense for the great outdoors to be such a white space? And one is from Newsweek. Should we colonize space? Some people argue we need to decolonize it instead. All of these articles, what they have in common is that they're about the... the... Uh, What's the word I'm looking for? The the group collective thought. Um, The National Post article about the adventure gap is about why black people don't go hiking or skiing. The colonization space means that because the colonial past against small minority groups was horrific, colonizing space is just as bad. The period poverty means women apparently cannot afford to buy hygienic products. I don't know what they put in that. Is that makeup? Is that hair? coloring? Is that shampoo? is a What is it? But apparently we spent over $200 more a month than men do. Okay, fine. Um, Robert, you've read these articles. What do you think?
0: Like you, I think they're absurd. They're an indication of just how absurd we can get in this world. It's unfortunate that they're coming from academia and they're coming from the journalist pool. It's also unfortunate that they're the pre- predominantly women. Yes, who are having all these uh, cringeworthy
1: fact, but true.
0: Let's take the uh, the one about why don't black people ski? Now, of course, this is a Torontonian black woman writing the article, and she is lamenting the fact that when she goes out to ski, which basically shoots down her proposition <laughs> that pe- black people don't ski, that there are not as many people out there with the same color as her. You know, like, how come there are no more people black like me (laughs) out here? And so she writes an article about it. Negating the fact, of course, that now she's from Toronto, and the black population of Toronto is 7.5%. So if you've got a gaggle of a hundred skiers out there, is that what they're called? A gaggle? I don't know. A sloop of skiers. (laughs) I just made that up. If you have that out there, um, you can expect maybe seven people to be black that's if those black people come from cultures where skiing is popular now canada has a different historical demographic about black people the percentage of people who are black in canada who can trace their lineage in canada back a few hundred years, is extremely small, and there are two main
1: pools
0: of people, of populations of people who can do that, and that is in Halifax and in Dresden, where Uncle, Tom, Uncle Tom's cabin is. You can walk down the street and see um, a larger proportion of the population being black than you would normally think. The rest of the black people in Canada, I'm generalizing here, of course, are recent immigrants from the Sudan... Haiti, Jamaica, Africa, where they have a long history of bobsledding and skiing (laughs) and outdoor activities. So when you don't see seven out of a hundred people being black on the ski slopes, I think that that has a lot to do with it, the history of it.
1: Well, again, also what it uh, presupposes is that these are not individuals. They're supposed to fit in a slot. You are black, therefore you must, you know, if they're not, you're not represented in this particular group, you must be represented in this particular group. Like the one quote she made about the fact that they, people of color want to do it, but they need a bridge to get there. That is saying that they can't make these choices on themselves. It's like the uh, racism of lowered expectations. Oh, black people want to go skiing and they want to go hiking. They want to do these things, but they just don't know how because somebody isn't holding their hand and making them do it or training them how to do it or teaching them how to do it. Like, they need that. for individuals.
0: I swear that she got her understanding of American blackness or the history of American blacks by watching um, To Kill a Mockingbird. (laughs) Here's a quote from her article um, that she quotes, by the way. Uh, If you were an African-American, of course, you wouldn't go into the woods because that's where the lynchings occur. (laughs) You know, but we're in Toronto. Though, I'm sorry, but that is so uh, beyond the pale of today's reality that you have to beg the question, uh, where do you get your news? You know, where do you get your ideas and understandings? And and just as you say, Danielle, for her to suggest that black people should do this or white people do too much of this is to paint her as a racist. She is a racist. Yes. And a racist is one who thinks that there are particular attributes of a race that are good or bad uh, in society, beyond, of course, the obvious physical. And
1: have to be corrected.
0: And have to be corrected, yes. That is
1: what she's suggesting here, is for some reason, black people aren't pers- uh, pursuing these, these um, activities to their statistical uh, presence in society, so therefore they must somehow be coerced. Encouraged? What subsidized? subsidized? <laughs> like, what are what are you looking for? Probably a grant to study why there are not more black people going hiking.
0: Now, to take the colonization article, I could have taken every single sentence in there and spent a day analyzing it from a philosophical point oh, yes. of view. Here's one. Uh, uh, I don't know if I'm pronouncing her name right, but it's uh, Oh, not Zuleika <laughs> a sociologist uh, at uh, Swinburne University in Australia. Language is one of the ways in which we shape our social reality. Okay, stop right there. Definitely. Social reality. What the hell is that? There's no such thing as social reality. There's reality. reality yep. There's no such thing as society, really, if you want uh, to get down to it. There's only people. Social reality. And we, uh, language is how we shape a social reality. Again, what is that? Is it some sort of clay that can be molded?
1: Yeah, so when I speak a certain way, therefore I'm changing reality?
0: Yeah, that's that's That's, interesting. That's what they're
1: indicating, is that because, Mm -hmm. so therefore if I'm a racist and I speak racist ways, therefore that makes whoever I'm racist against inferior?
0: Yeah, she goes on to say, because of the social reality aspect, that means using terms like colonize carries real risks. To whom? Yeah, uh, what what are you risking, your life, because you use the word colonize? And that's what she's decrying is the fact that we commonly use the word colonization of space. And she says, the history of colonialism has taught us that there is no democratic way to colonize other lands. Well, I have news for you, baby. <laughs> there are no people out there. There are no indigenous people to colonize. There are no indigenous people to spread smallpox to or to preach Catholicism to, or whatever it is you think may have been bad. Well, back she also in the
1: day. she also states the fact that since we didn't treat Earth properly with the like all the plastic garbage in the Marianas Trench and all this stuff and how we pollute our environment, we're going to take those behaviors and not do right by other planets.
0: Uh, do right by them. Do right by them. They're inanimate objects. They are. They're not only inanimate objects. They are primarily airless, inhospitable deserts. Wastelands. Yeah, I was going to say
1: they're wasteland. They don't even have the basic he, basic life. Like there's no trees, there's no water, there's no nothing. At least not that we've found. That they're nothing. They're it's not. They don't. They don't exist for any particular purpose other than just to be there.
0: They are barren deserts, ripe for man. Once man puts his mind to it and feels the pressure or the need to go out and um, put a colony on Mars or to mine an asteroid or simply make a space station. The, the 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 premise of this woman's theory is wrong she's assuming characteristics on space that don't exist that's one aspect the other is that colonization was bad
1: i was going to say that was the other thing that was drove me nuts about the article was the fact that they just assume that colonization was an
0: evil colonization to burst her bubble was a good thing here we sit in canada yes a colonized nation Half the world. If you think about it, every part of the world was colonized, outside of the Serengeti. We are all cousins and related to the San tribe or the Khoi Khoi, another tribe down there, or indistinguishable, by the way, uh, the old Hottentots, as the Dutch used to call them. We are all related to the San tribe of northern South Africa, or yeah, the uh, cradle of life. The cradle of life, and fifty thousand years ago, they colonized the rest of Africa, crossing over into the Middle East, now Asia, and then uh, crossed over to Australia and, 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 and to Europe. And then only recently, in the last few hundred years, those descendants of those Hottentots decided to get on a boat and go to the Caribbean. Yes. And hence we have Toronto. <laughs> but in other words, everything is progress and colonization. Now, do nasty things happen along that way in that process? Well, of course, we're human beings.
1: And we're learning. That's the thing, is yes. like, especially with the pollution thing. She's talking about how we, we polluted our planet. I'm like, it's never been as green in North America in the past. Why? Because we're learning. We're doing things better.
0: Oh, and this plastic thing, I think we should probably do a separate show on that, but just briefly, they find that the vast majority of the plastic problem in the ocean, and it is a problem, no doubt. It's because the people in China, Asia, and India are tossing their plastic stuff into the Ganges and the Yangtze, and it's all flowing out and uh, pooling up in various parts of the ocean. But
1: it's our fault because, you know, colonization.
0: It is not the fault of Western, you know, civilized countries. It is the problem of uncivilized nations. Because they don't
1: value property.
0: They don't value property, exactly, yeah. And they don't value their surroundings or their no. environment. Or perhaps they can't afford to sometimes, you know. <laughs> if you've got plastic bottles, what are you going to do with them if you have no...
1: Yeah, the city ain't coming to pick it up on a weekly basis. Regular so.
0: garbage collection, of course. Yeah, so don't look at us and suggest that what we are doing in the West is is wrong. We're not. As a matter of fact, I think that... I. Th- she really laments the fact that the people doing the so-called colonizing of space are rich Western nations, primarily. China's and white. Too. white. And white, of course. Because yeah.
1: one in the quote that uh, at the beginning of the article is, a stark picture of what our future in space could look like came during February's historic launch of the SpaceX Falcon Heavy, heavy ro- rocket. The company was called out for its overwhelmingly white and male engineering staff on display during the broadcast.
0: I love it. She says SpaceX did not respond to an interview request for this Gee, story. Gee, I
1: wonder why. <laughs> you
0: know why? Because they were too polite. Because if <laughs> they sat down across from you, I don't think that they could stop from laughing. No kidding. Now, what was the other story? Ah, uh, uh, Period yes. poverty. Period poverty.
1: Yes, by, uh, unfortunately, Dan- Danny... L, Dubé, to be precise, it's D-A-N-I hyphen E-L-L-E. One-third of Canadian women under the age of 25 say they've struggled to afford menstrual products, a new report states. Okay.
0: Yes. so what? I'd I'd like a new sound system.
1: And it's interesting that they picked under 25. So what I'm thinking is that the uh, the young girl in question is trying to decide whether she wants to go drinking Saturday night or drop eight bucks on a pack of tampons. (laughs) Like, it's not that expensive on a monthly basis.
0: For for the people around you, honey, I'd suggest you go get the tampons.
1: Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, quote, our survey results show that period poverty is real, often devastating issue f- faced by young women and girls in Canada and worldwide, have to throw that in, because it's not a devastating issue for women in Canada. It's not. <laughs> I don't see women walking around with... Blood running down their legs because they can't afford a pad or a tampon it doesn't happen worldwide. Yes, I could say there's probably some countries where that is a problem.
0: Well, but actually, it ain't Canada. If you go back in time, and I don't want to get too graphic here, but of course they use quilted uh, quilted fabric, which they just wash. Yeah, it was, it was, was like a cloth, cloth diapers yes. essentially, yeah.
1: not to you know dehumanize women and make them babies, but. Um, And it said, according to the survey, feminine hygiene products were among the top three material costs of being a woman across all age groups. Uh, What? (laughs) Uh, No, I'm sorry. I'm a woman. I can speak to this. No, it's not one of the top three costs. They don't define hygiene products. They just kind of what they do is they say, well, you know, menstrual products, and then they throw hygiene products in. Well, if you drop $100 on a jar of makeup, is that considered hygiene? Because you can get some really expensive makeup, you can get expensive perfume, you can get expensive shampoo, you can get expensive haircuts, all that stuff. Yes, you can spend a lot of money on these things,
0: but you don't have to. Now, what is she doing? Is she asking for government assistance here in subsidizing uh, feminine products or maybe to remove the tax on them, which I'd support, by the way, Um, or to um, just go out and help women um, be able to afford these things?
1: Well, basically what she says is because there's a stigma attached to periods, apparently— and a co- quote, a conversation about periods is a conversation about gender equality.
0: Does she um, okay. Has she visited her local mosque recently to to put across this viewpoint?
1: Hmm. Oh, you mean the women who have to sit at the back of the, the mosques? Yes, yeah,
0: so especially when they're on the period. Exactly. You know? So, yeah, I doubt it. So what is she doing? She wants money, I guess.
1: I'm assuming, even though she never mentions money, but that's, of course... Um, well you don 't want to beg openly, you want to beg under the table what What do you do with most problems when it comes to government? Throw money at it mm-hmm. oh look there 's a problem here um, here, please, sir. May I have some money please please
0: other than that she 's just basically saying that ten pounds cost money, well so, yeah, okay, so what? yeah, we know that what 's your point
1: well, they call it, i know there 's a lot of stuff they call it the pink tax, where things for women tend to cost more than they do for men that 's because Men don't care about what shampoo they get most of the time.
0: No, but have you ever seen my head? Of course yeah. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I get the cheapest shampoo there is. I I don't really care. Um I, makeup I buy is very cheap. I don't spend a lot on any other products because I don't A, I don't have the money to just waste on stuff like that, and B and it's not important to me. Mm-hmm. Um having your period, yes, of course you can't control that when you're a woman between the ages of, you know, puberty and when you hit menopause. But you still they're not out of reach. I'm sorry, not in a first-world country. They're not out of reach. There's just no way.
0: So I think if you break these three articles, these uh, ludicrous articles down, you've got uh, collectivism at at work here. You are part of a group as a yes. woman. Um, therefore, women are victims because they have to pay more than men. Yeah, they're vi- It's for, victim
1: yeah. collectivism. It's not just collectivism because it's not... None of these are about white men no, other than them being the villain.
0: The article about why black people don't ski as much as this author is of course a racist article yes. so it's another another collectivist article and the article about colonization it's both
1: racist and sexist
0: racist and sexist again these old white males are out there destroying the world colonizing space including
1: everything the- And throwing around their money, well, they do so to prove that they're, you know, they're good enough to send people into space when other countries aren't.
0: Yeah. So again, collectivism rears its ugly head, and they make for good laughter sometimes.
1: Indeed. All right. Well, take care. Behave yourself, and we'll talk to you soon. Cheers.
0: Period. If you've enjoyed this presentation, visit www.justrightmedia.org for more programming that's not right wing. It's just right.